This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 49. Uh, my advice for somebody who, who, who wants to do it is, is however you can, however you, you can think outside the box, but, but understand the military lifestyle. Uh, understand what these guys and women go through every day. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. Today with me, Jeff Carroll, Human Performance Optimization Coach with the 2nd Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Exciting to have you guys here. You're out here for a TSAC Leader Summit. It's kind of a closed door uh, event where you guys are talking about some big picture stuff and the future of TSAC. Is that right? Yeah, there, there's the uh, the brain trust in that room that, that's way smarter than I am. So it's a, it's a privilege to be in that group. But uh, some big topics being talked about. Very cool. Very cool. And where is the Second Ranger Battalion housed out of? Where are you home to usually? We're, we're stationed, or our home is, is JBLM, which is Joint Base Lewis McCord out in Washington State. Washington uh, State, okay. Just south of Tacoma, Washington. Cool. Well, as you know, you've been a listener. You, we kind of, I've been kind of starting things off a little differently. And actually, I stole this. Uh, some of these icebreaker theory from a guy named Mike Ritland and the Mike Drop podcast, former Navy SEAL. It has nothing to do with coaching, but it's another one of my podcasts I listen to try and get better. So if he ever hears this, I did give him credit that I stole his icebreaker uh, kind of intros. Um, but yeah, just give people a chance to kind of know a little bit about you. Um, what's the first job that you ever held when you were growing up? I mean, technically, they paid for a job. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, I worked at uh, my uncle's nursery. Okay. You know, digging holes, planting plants, yeah. watering. It was. Uh, I called it a, a pastime job. My, my father owns a Christmas tree and a beef farm, cattle farm, and so that was my main stable of work. Yeah. Good old fashioned manual labor, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh if I could ball that up and sell it right now, I think yeah. I'd be rich. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know for me, like those kind of jobs too, it was like it gave me a good taste. Like I worked for a brick mason when I was in high school and I was like, Oh God, I could never do like I better never after have to rely on this. <laughs> it, 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 it's tough and in college I was I was also an iron worker for summers and wow. And it uh it, it it's uh it's a great job. It's respectable, but man, just to do it for your whole lifetime, it, it's, it's physical work. That's yeah. People that have done that as careers or like own a farm like that are amazing to me. I've always been. Yeah. My, my father's the, uh, the strongest old man I know. He, yeah, he's just, yeah. he's incredible. That's awesome. Um, how about the best state you've ever lived in? Oh, uh, that, I mean, that narrows it down. I, I've tried to branch out, but I, I've, it's basically been the Northwest. So I, I would have to go with Washington state. Yeah. It's just, it's home. Cool. Sticking around. Good stuff. And we'll get into a lot of that when we kind of talk about where you've been. Uh, how about what's your favorite sport to participate in yourself? You know, I, I grew up as a, as a wrestler and I, I loved it, but then I, I got to college and, and, and got into lacrosse and, oh, nice. and lacrosse is, is kind of, it, it's the combination of everything. You know, it's, it's what an athlete's supposed to be. And it's, it's, it's still, it's still fascinating to me. And now it's booming too, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's it, like it, on the West Coast, it's, it's it's growing. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I think it's the fastest growing sport or sport in in all of youth sports. I believe it. I believe it. Well, especially this could be a whole other topic, but people freaking out about football right now. They're thinking maybe that's too dangerous. So that you can see how that would be a really good like transitional 
Yeah, it, it's 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 a great sport because it doesn't require a, a whole lot of size. You know, like yeah. some of the top players are, are my size. You know, yeah. five five yeah, nine, yeah. one hundred and eighty pounds that yeah. that make it happen. That's cool. How about um, if you could only do one lift for the rest of your life, one one kind of basic exercise for yourself, not for people you train, your own self in your own fitness, in your own health, what would it be? That that that's a tough question. Uh, I, I would go with hand clean. It's just right. a, it's a raw lift. It's, it requires a, a lot of effort, a lot of power, and a lot of movement. Nice. I like it. It's a good one. And then what's the first concert that you ever went to? Got a little musical. I'm a, taste I, I might be you. embarrassed to say this, but <laughs> I, I think it, it was Color Me Bad nice. at, the, at the Oregon okay. State Fair. Uh, I begged my mom to get to get any kind of concert tickets, and she came back with that, and it was it, it was eye-opening, but it, it was fun. <laughs> nice. And um, cool. Well, transitioning to that, the Oregon Fair sets it up, uh, but you grew up in Washington State or in the Pacific Northwest, and, you know, kind of what did you come out of college knowing that strength and conditioning was, was something you wanted to get into, or where did you first kind of get a find out about it, hear about it, whatever you want to call it? it, it you know, I, I'd love to tell you in this great story, but I'm one of those guys that just knew, you know, I, I late bloomer in high school and, and just, just love sports, loved athletics, love, love just activity and, and kind of gauge my college choice off of, you know, a great physical education program. And from day one, that's, that's what I want to do. Now it, it might've changed from general fitness, uh, bodybuilding, and, and then it got to, you know, what we call sports performance or strength conditioning. And it, and it just, you got the bug and it's never stopped. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people kind of get in, involved in it like that, right? You kind of learn as you go more and you go down farther and you want to start learning more and then you learn more. Although, you know, today's day and age growing up in the information age that these kids have today, I mean, you can Olympic, li I'd never heard of Olympic lifting back in the day, right? So now like people are totally, you see it everywhere. It's social media. So the awareness now and, and as this profession grows, I think it's the awareness of it is a lot better. I think it's the same thing too, as we tell the young athletes is not to be specialized. Right. Uh, it, it's good to get to know your industry, yeah. but it's, you want to, you want to learn bodybuilding. Yeah. You want to learn your general fitness. You want to learn, you know, how, how the geriatric population struggles. Yeah. Um, I, I think it just makes you a, a better coach. Totally. Yeah. No, Joe Ken, uh, we'll have an upcoming episode coming out with him, but, uh, and he and I have talked about a lot. We just saw him at the NSCA national conference and he was saying how, you know, there's so many, there's the specialization now of the strength coach, right? So you could come up through your career and maybe only work with football or basketball. But back in the day, like as you've been, and when he was at Boise state and some other places you had women's volleyball, golf, tennis, you had all the sports and it made you a better coach because of that. It, 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 100% correct. I, a conversation this last week is, you know, probably coaching the cross country team at Eastern Washington University was, was one of the most rewarding uh, yeah. coaching positions that you had. And it's just, it's something you would never think of. You think of football and you think of basketball, the, the revenue making sports, but it, it's about the athlete and it's about the, the personalities. Definitely. Yeah. So much, so much. I'd, I had uh, men's women swimming when I was at Dartmouth College and like, you know, Ivy League schools have a ton of sports, but we also didn't have a ton of staff. So like some days, uh, 
I was the only person with an intern, maybe if I was lucky with the 50 swimmers, you know, and then it's just like, you're like, okay, let's try and see how this goes. And we, we call it controlled chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, take us kind of through that first, uh, getting out of school and getting that first job. Uh, well, you know, I graduated college and, and, you know, I knew I wanted to be in strength conditioning. So again, I was blessed to be fortunate enough. I knew, uh, Steve Etman at the university of Washington. Um, and, and my brother-in-law at the time was, was a GA and he was a university of Washington alumni. So I, I, I kept on calling, kept on calling. And finally, you know, they said, Hey, just show up on this date. And, uh, the day I showed up, you know, there was 25 interns oh, wow. standing there, you know, all with the same stare. And we all asked each other what, what we were there for. And you figured out real quick that it's, it's a competitive field. And so, uh, you just got to work hard. Yeah. What do you think, uh, what, what do you think those guys were looking for, you know, out of the, that bringing in a lot of interns and kind of what are they looking for? And this is obviously, you know, back then, but I'm sure it still holds true. I, I think it's the same thing that I look for when we bring in interns or a, a, a young coach. It's the, uh, it's just the initiative to, to go above and beyond it, You know, as a, as an intern, you're, you're not owed anything. Um, which I think that's an error that the interns go into a program or a internship and they think it's going to be a classroom structure right. um, where it's not, it's, it's real world life. And, and, you know, like I, again, I told the story is, is I was, I was mopping puke the first day while everybody else was standing by and I was cleaning racks. I was just yeah. taking the initiative and, and, and doing what was right and, and what the weight room needed. And, and then the coaches saw that. And I, yeah. I think that helped out a lot. Yeah, and you went from, did you do other internships after that, or was that first? That's, that's the, I did a previous one, uh, and again, this led me to strength conditioning, it was, it was a corporate fitness okay. internship, yeah. and it, uh, it was great, learned a lot, it's just, I realized the corporate world wasn't, wasn't where, where I wanted to be. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But so then you reached Washington, it, that, that, again, opened up Pandora's box, and, and was fortunate enough, got great mentors there, and they gave me a lot of leeway to do it what I needed to do. And it, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, we talk about our internship program here with a lot of the different, um, we're able to give people a lot of different experiences between TSAC, between high school athletes, between regular people. And I think it's good because a lot of the times they're realizing that they really want to train athletes, but very, you know, uh, probably one out of, you know, we have nine a year, maybe three out of those nine every year kind of figuring out, wow, I really like the tactical population or, you know what, I don't mind, I don't mind working with the average people and it gives them that chance. So I, again, going back to the not specialized, I think you don't know what you don't know until you open your doors a little and experience it. I mean, uh, I have a, a few, what I call off time clients that, that somehow through word of mouth or through, through referrals that, you know, I'm pretty selective on who, who I help out and it, but, you know, they could be from lawyers to, to doctors and, and, yeah. and they're fun to train too. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah, yeah. they, they appreciate and, and the improvement and the, just the, the graphs of knowledge they get is, is awesome to see. Totally. That's really cool. Yeah. I've, I also started out kind of before getting into strength conditioning. I mean, like a lot of people have as a personal trainer, just worked with regular people, but some of the people when I was doing a little bit of both sports performance and personal training, you know, some, one of them was an 87 year old guy and he was a riot, man. Like he was so much fun. <laughs> Highlight of your day, probably yeah. just, just yeah. salt of the earth as I call it. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, 
then the first real job after that was at Washington State. Is that correct? Uh, no, I went to uh, intern at University of Washington, and then uh, Rick Hughley, the former head strength conditioning coach there, was uh, the sports director of Velocity Sports Performance. Velocity, okay, cool. Um, and they were just opening up a, a center nearby, and, and he kind of just you know, kept on me. And uh, I made that jump, learned a lot. It, it was a great probably the best scenario that I could do is just in transition to learning is just learning about programming, learning about teaching, just becoming a better coach. Yeah. Cause that was a lot of small group, real technical coaching that, yeah. that progressed at a great rate. And then, you know, product, product speaks for itself. So we, we produced some great athletes coming out of that center and we, we did some college kids, you know, for the combine and, and, I don't know how it happened. I still, I don't know if I even know when I want it, how it happened is just, I got a phone call from the Seattle Seahawks one day and, and they were like, we're coming for an interview. We have a position and we, we want you, we want you to interview for it. And I got it. Nice. So what kind of jump was that? Like going from private sector to now professional? It, it was very smooth. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's very similar to, you're only dealing with at most a hundred athletes during, during training camp, but during the season, you got 54, 60 athletes that you're, you're, you're training and, and there's three coaches. Um, some teams have four up to five coaches now. It, it and they're people, they're human. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to put them on a pedestal. They, they put right. their leg on or their pants one leg at a time, like everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. What was the, what was the most difficult thing about making that transition? I think, just trying not to be starstruck because yeah. I, I was fairly young. I think I was 24, 25 when I, when I got the position oh, yeah. and, and these were players that, you know, the veterans were the guys that you're, I was watching in college, like Matt Hasselback, yeah. Trent Dilfer. Those yeah. were guys that four years ago I was rooting for. Right. And now yeah. I'm right next to them. And, yeah. and again, they're normal people, but yeah. you just gotta just treat them human. Right. Just treat them like everybody else. So, and then that's a good kind of, makes me think of like this you know now all of a sudden like you said you're watching those guys now you're now you're actually helping them they're 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 looking to you to give them help but what's maybe some of the biggest um myths or misconceptions then about being an nfl strength coach i i think the i guess the advanced training that everybody thinks that that goes on there they think it's it is cutting edge and it is very very structured, but we're we're not pulling cars. Right. We're not doing complex plyometrics. You know, we're, we're it's it's a simple system that just to make sure they execute it properly. Yeah, it's it's nothing mind blowing that that you can go on YouTube and see people do. There's right. no quadruple box jumps or or yeah. anything spectacular like that because there's a risk. It's it's a million right. dollar. Right. Little dark athlete, and, yeah. and and at the end of the day, if you gotta go to the GM and say, "Hey, we we tore, right. you know, Sean Alexander's hamstring for yeah. doing a box jump," yeah, that, that's that's a big toll. Yeah, yeah, and and some of those guys, right, probably are super gifted athletes on the football field, but are not super gifted weightlifters or strength training athletes. The, yeah, there there's. You know, like we are a lot of times and majority of the time, the strongest guy in the weight room is not the best football player. Yeah. And, and they, there's just a God given talent that it's hard to, to realize unless you see it from day in, day out. And I think that's where the public gets, gets a little bit jaded that they, they, 
can't believe that that naturally exists. Right. And it does. Right. It's, it's, they're phenomenal beings. Yeah. It's the odds of them making it are astronomical. And, and a, a lot of them, that's why they get paid what they get paid. Yeah. How was the, um, cause I'm sure people are wondering this. Like, I wonder how was the like work life balance? I mean, grand you're young at that point where you, you probably didn't matter that you weren't thinking about work life balance, but like, what were the, what's the hours like for NFL string coaches? What, what was that kind of, I mean, I, I had it pretty good. They, they took pretty good care of me. Uh, but you know, the head, head strength coach, Mike Clark, he, he was there all day, every day, you know, it got to the point where we have this running joke that I, I, I see in seven months, you know, don't, don't call or don't write. Cause I'm, I'm working. Yeah. Uh, I was like, it's a young man's game. It was great when I was young because I could put all my effort into work. You know, my girlfriend, my wife now was with me and, and she understood it. She still does, but it, it's not easy. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of hours. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And kind of on call too, right? At the beck and call of whatever. If somebody needs a meeting. Yeah, I mean, meeting, it, it, it goes through phases. Uh, right now, training camp's going on. Yeah. So you're busy, but you're not working as hard as you can. It's just you're always there. Yeah. Your your presence need is needed a lot. Yeah. It's not like an off season where you're running through groups, four or five groups a day, and, and your voice is just shot at the end of it. Yeah. It, it goes in stages, but it's 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 rewarding, but it's it's very intensive. Yeah, that's cool. So. Good to know, right? Good to know ahead of time. If you if you're thinking it's just all glamour and show and no, it, it's it's not the uh, it's not the hey we just practice and, and go home. It's right, it's a right. it's an all day event and you're traveling some of the time and game days are are fun, but you're there at the stadium for ten twelve hours and yeah. and you go home and you relax for maybe four hours and you wake up and you do it all over again. Yeah. And I think from a lot of the pro strength coaches in, in a lot of different sports that I've talked to too, I'm sure you'll reiterate is also depending on what your game day or travel, like you're not necessarily doing your job all that time, right? You're, you're a support staff and I mean, you might be carrying bags in or helping setting up other random things or. I mean, I think that that's what kind of helped my longevity is that that I, I tried to volunteer where I could, yeah. you know, if the equipment guys needed help, I, I would ask them, you know, I always try to make it known that if, if any department needed me, that, I, that, that if I was available, I'd be more than willing to help out. Yeah. And I think that's, that's even more key in college. For sure. For sure. What, um, so you were telling me this story before we started rolling here, but definitely want to go over it again because, um, what took you out, you know, away from that job was one of the things that when was you asking, you know, telling someone that you wanted to move up the ranks, you wanted to be head coach. So to talk about that story again. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was in Seattle. It, it was, it was heavenly. You know, I, I was a young coach and, and at the, the program just allowed me to coach. I, I didn't see any of the, um, I mean, you can say call it political side of things or the, or the drama in the, in the, in the offices. I just, I just coached yeah. and it was awesome. And it got to the point where one of the coaches was like, Hey, you, w w what's your five year plan? I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I want to be here. I love it here. He goes, yeah, but you, you got to grow as a person, grow as a coach and, and grow as a man. And, and so finally we sat down and, and after long talks, they're like, you need to become a head strength coach. And so I, I right then I was like, all right, this is what I need to do. And, and kind of open up the doors and, and see what was out there. Nice. And so you went from there to Eastern Washington. Correct. Okay. I got which is ironic because that's where our training camp was okay. uh, at the time. Yeah. So 
I thought I knew the area and I thought I knew the, yeah. the facility and, and it, it kind of was good because my wife's from Eastern Washington. So we made the jump and, and went to Eastern Washington. Nice. And was that, so did you see a job posting or had you kind of put feelers out that you were looking and helped that someone knew that you were looking or? It, it was both. You, okay. you do this full internet search at that time. You yeah. start making phone calls. Uh, th this popped up and, and at that time, I'll be honest, I was a little bit selfish. I was like, wow, I'm coming from the Seattle Seahawks. I should be able to get a, a, a big time power five job. And, right. and, you know, I was a little late in the season and, and when I made this decision and then it was, it was probably the best case scenario at the time. Yeah. So we, we decided to take the leap of faith. And that's a FCS school. What, uh, did you had every sport, uh, what was the duties of that one? Uh, when I got there, we, uh, the original position was just they had one strength coach, and then that was my position. When part of the interview process is we wanted, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll, I need an assistant. There's no yeah. way that if you want us to be a, a national championship caliber team that, that I can do this on my own. Yeah. Uh, so we worked the budget numbers, and we were able to hire an assistant. So we, it was me and, and one other strength coach. Wow. And then when you were hiring that person, what kind of what are you looking for? when you're looking for an assistant, especially one at that time where you're really going to have to rely a lot on that person. You said it right there, reliability. Nice. You have to have somebody that, that's basically running a micro program within the program. Yeah. Uh, a big part of the interview process was I don't, I'm not going to micromanage you. You have full reign over your control of programming unless I see something drastically yeah. uh, wrong that, that's going to hurt people. We'll change it. But you run your teams, I'll run our teams and and understand that we we have to work together yeah totally and you guys kind of grew that program you ended up getting some interns and did you yeah we, we tried branching out you know there's a exercise science program there we, we, we get interns the, the tough part about that they're on the quarter system okay and, and so it's a lot easier to have an intern for a semester because yeah, you can actually yeah, progress yeah, them and totally. a quarters it's tough and especially when you're working 80 hours yeah. a week trying to just get it going you don't realize how far uh, an intern is away from being a coach. Yeah. And so a lot of tasks that you think are, are should be natural. They, they have no clue. Right. 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 What, uh, so what was, what's your favorite part about working with the college setting? I think just, just watching the young men and women grow just mature. Cause you know, they're coming to you as, as a, as an 18 year old, sometimes a 17 year old maybe. Yeah. And, that's a very volatile age yeah. and they go there and after three, four years, you see them sprouting to be young men, young women. Uh, some of them now I'm still friends with and you see that they're, they're they have children yeah, that's and, cool. and it's, they're professionals in, in, in whatever field they're in. And it's, it's, that's the rewarding part about it. Yeah, that's great. The, the relationships, it's always been such the, you know, really why most of us do it and building them. And that's even better when you can stay in touch with those people or see them down the road or, invited to different events that they have in their life so it shows how much of an impact you had yeah i mean i, I, I random story i was driving home the other day and stopped by the store and one of one of the uh, players at eastern washington greg hurd was just walking out of the super <laughs> in the market and, and uh you know i haven't seen him in, in probably three or four years and, and now he's a middle school teacher oh, wow. you know he had a, a short career in the, in the nfl and he's coaching his high school football team and you know, at moments like that, you, you get a chance to be like, hey, you know, I told him, like, hey, you, you are a great kid. Like, I still remember you and, and I still tell people about you and, and just just remember that. 
it's not about football. It's about human growth. That's super cool. Um, and from there, how did you find out about the tactical world? Like, were, were you kind of interested in it and it was growing or did, did you, somebody, you know, get into it first? Uh, you know, I'm a military brat. So my dad was in the military. It's always been an interest and, you know, in Eastern Washington, I was married, my wife was pregnant and I was like, I don't know if I can be on the road for six months of the year. I just, it's tough. And, you know, a little bit homesick and, and it was kind of a, we call it the core life crisis. And so I knew Rob Rogers and I called him and it was just, I think with the NSCA just started the TSAC and he, yeah. he was the coordinator and I, I literally called him out of the blue and just pressed him with questions. Yeah. And it was the stars aligned. It was the right time. And it, it was when this whole military SOCOM push was going on and, and we struck while the iron was hot and, and it, it one thing led to another and have you been with the ranger battalion the whole time that you've been involved in the yeah I, I, a little bit of the backstory is i initially took the job with 160th the, the aviation unit okay. out in fort lewis um a little bit of information when they, they interview you they ask you locations you want to be at and so obviously the military is worldwide right. so there was okinawa japan uh, fort carson yeah. which was you know obviously everybody's choices so you, you try to pick where you want to be. And, and ultimately we sat down as a family, like, well, well joint base Lewis McCord is, is kind of where I grew up. Yeah. And between that and Fort Carson was, was where you wanted to be. And you, you interview and, and they go through and, and it's tough. Yeah. 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 It's tough. And what's the, so, um, uh, you know, what, uh, to get a job like that, what's kind of the, what are people looking for? What are the higher people that are hiring? What are they looking for in coaches to get involved in being a tactical for special operations? I think it's different now than when I got hired. Yeah. I think when I got hired, no one knew anything about it. Right. No one knew anything about us. Uh, it's, it's the way I explain to people is, is, is you take a duck and that duck and you try to explain what a duck looks like to no one that's ever seen a duck before. Okay. And when you explain it, it's hard for people to be like, well, it's a long bill. You know, he's got paddle feet, there's feathers, he's kind of fluffy and a short stocky neck and you know, everybody deciphers it a different way. Yeah. So I, I think that's where the, the SOCOM, the, the POTA for the Thor three was at that time. Yeah. And I think the only thing they could go on in which they did was, was what was on paper is, yeah. you know, we want, uh, we talked about earlier today, you're hiring the resume, not the person. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the right way to do it, even though I, I've probably benefited from that a lot. Yeah. But I, I think that's the only option they had. Right, right. Uh, now, currently, it's a little bit different. There's, there's The programs have been established. Yeah. So you have coaches that worry about cohesiveness and team yeah. more than, than knowledge. Yeah. And how many people work with you? How many strength coaches are there with you guys? Uh, Ranger Battalion, there's, there's one other strength coach, Alan Wardilla, who came from the Mariners. Great coach, one of my, probably one of the greatest assistants and, and, and people I've worked with. Okay. Uh, we have a civilian physical therapist, Jason Steer. Uh, we just hired an ATC. Uh, we have a performance dietitian, and then we have uh, a military physical therapist. Okay. And how many athletes, how many guys are you training? Uh, anywhere is it's a lot you know anywhere from you know 600 to a thousand yeah because what's how many people are in a battalion it's roughly a thousand thousand okay yeah 
So it's a lot of people for a very little amount of coaching. Okay. And some of them are the actual operator. Some of the guys, they're the guys kicking doors and jumping out of helicopters. And some of them are support staff. Well, that's where, that's where Ranger Battalion is a little bit different. Okay. It's not like an SF group is everybody's a, everybody's a door kicker. Okay. They all have to meet the same qualifications. Cool. And again, my first, my first year there, you're kind of like, oh, you're, you're, you're a cook. Right. And, and I love cooks. <laughs> you know, it's like the equipment guy. You love them. Yeah. They're the greatest yeah, yeah. people on earth. But you know, he got shot on a mission. Wow. You know, yeah. in, in the leg, and yeah. he's got a purple heart. And wow. and you know, he's still there to the day. But you know, how many other people can say your cook <laughs> took one for you? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. That's totally. Um, I guess um, one question too would be like um, a lot of these jobs too are contracts, right? So like is job security an issue or is it, I mean, I guess it's not something you don't think about at all, but like how much does that? There's two sides of that coin that you, that you can play. You can sit there and worry about it and, and be on pins and needles or, or, or you can just take it day by day. Yeah. Uh, when I first got there, everybody was, was worried. Like, I'm sorry about this contract. We're sorry. You know, this is the kind of things. And I was like, I understand in, 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 the, in the other world, but in the sports world, it's no different. Right, right. You know, I could be fired the next day. It's, it's all about performing. Yeah. If, if I don't put proof in the pudding, it, it's, I deserve to get fired because yeah, right. it's in my title, human yeah. performance coach. I have to, yeah. I have to produce results. Yeah. Um, then I guess going back to the athletes too, how much, you know, what's, so what, what was the biggest changes or the biggest difference from, you know, coming from NFL college and now, this tactical realm. I mean, obviously the variety, the range of age is probably more similar to NFL, but the job's entirely different. And this is the way I put it. Everybody asks me is they're all the same. The personalities are the same in the locker room as they are in, in, in the loadout room. The only difference is, is their problems, a professional athlete's problems are a lot bigger than, than a military soldier's problem, you know, to where they're a military a soldier's going to worry about a hundred dollars and a pro athlete's that's going to be a thousand dollars, but they still have problems. They still deal with the same way. Uh, you still have their jokesters. You have your serious guy. You still have the guy that wants to headbutt. You still have the guy that just wants to sit there and relax. And they're they're Again, they're human. They're the personalities are there. It's just different abilities. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's cool. It's good to know. So, and it's still the relationship building probably, you know, like, like we've been saying, but what's uh give me a day in the life of, uh, you know, what, what's it like for you at the second ranger battalion? Uh, a general day is, is we get there about zero 0600 depending on, on the training week. Uh, right now we, we currently go through a, what we call a pre ranger class for about 90 minutes. So it's, it's all the, the soldiers, the rangers that are about to go to school. Uh, and then we spend the next two hours training the, you know, the trigger pullers on the floor. Okay. Uh, we go through that. We actually, this is one of the greatest things that we do as a staff is we go to breakfast together as a staff. Nice. You know, we have our own dining facility. So we go there. It's, it's basically our, what I call my morning huddle yeah. to wear any pressing task. After breakfast, we usually have our, our rehab guys come in to where we, we spend their, their rehab sessions with us. It's a little more time to be personalized. And, and after that, it's usually administrative work. Okay. which is, you know, posting workouts, pushing out workouts, answering emails, yeah. uh, facility maintenance, equipment purchasing, yeah. uh, planning, uh, knowing what's what's coming up in the, in yeah. the next week or two. And, and how big of a facility do you guys have? Again, we're blessed. We, we have a, a great facility. I think 
uh, equipment, like rack, gym, weight room. We have about 13,000 square feet. Nice. Um, yeah. We have a couple of other turf sections and some outdoor overhangs that, that help us out. But nice. in the SOCOM world, we're, we're a big facility. Okay. And I guess that would be a question, too, I think of is you think in Army, Department of Defense, whatever, do you just have a checkbook you just dip into anytime you need something? Or is it pretty, you know, like you know your budget, you got to be super specific and... Great question. <laughs> uh, just kind of uh, uh, Seattle. There, there was, there was. I'll be honest. There was no budget. Right. It was as right. long as you can justify it, yeah. you get it. Yeah. Uh, Eastern Washington. My budget was literally three thousand dollars for, you know, was I can't remember like three hundred and fifty athletes, right. and you know, I, I remember making pile boxes out back with plywood and and just just doing what we called the the prison workout yeah, yeah and yeah. then uh the range battalion is is almost almost close to seattle uh it's it's not an unlimited but there there's there's a good amount of money to be spent to to purchase the the top of the line equipment for the guys nice. and, and to make sure that you're doing it right and and facilitating performance cool Are you guys into any kind of cool technology or it's kind of something were you just exciting? downstairs <laughs> uh te technology is is, is is good i, th I think uh, i'm an old school coach now 10 years ago i was i was i guess i you, they call me cutting edge right, um, right. but now it's it's i'm i'm all about just keeping it simple and doing it consistency so technology to me is is a great tool uh, it's not the answer the the biggest thing that we've kind of pushed out is, is we've used train heroic just okay. to kind of publish our workouts to, to give another medium for guys to to have access to it yeah. Uh, we, we've tried heart rate monitors, Zephyr units, and it, it's, it's for our large group, it's, it's very hard to administer. Yeah. How does that work? So yeah. Um, you have train heroic, which can guys can do when they're on the, when they're away from you. So how often do you ever get to deploy with teams or do you know, it's a lot of, are you doing a lot of remote coaching? What's that level of that? It, it like? changes depending on, on, on the year and then what we call the battle rhythm. Uh, I have deployed with a coach or with the, uh, the battalion before it's, it was, it was very, uh, opening, but, yeah. but an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. It, I think we gained a lot from it. A lot of times we, we try to go out in the field with them to do training events just to help monitor, to see how we're performing. Yeah. Not so much as coaching, but yeah. just, just watch it's It's basically like game day. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it, but right now it's, it's the world, the war and, and the world has changed. And so geographical locations, it's, it's hard to, to see everybody all the time. Yeah. So train homework comes into play where it helps us out to, to, to have a broader range. Yeah. What's, what was it like when you were with, like, what's, what's the day in the life then become when you're deployed? I know some people <laughs> probably like myself or veterans or have military experience or know people are in the military, but some listening in might not have an idea of what that would be like. Uh, I hope my mom's not listening. So <laughs> a, a lot of it is, is, is you're, we're on reverse cycle. So we're up at nights and, and sleeping during the day. Yeah. So that, that, that changes a little bit. Uh, you wake up, you, you kind of see what's going on in the world and you're seeing what's, what's, what the guys are going to do today or, or possibly do today. And, and if not, we, we would always have classroom structure. Like, Hey, we're teaching this today. This is the classroom. You would meet with leadership or squad leaders or platoon sergeants, but Hey, what do you guys want to learn? And it's a very great setting. It's, it's awesome because there's time. Right. Uh, everybody's very focused. 
on, on getting better. There, there's no outside presence coming in. I call it a, a training camp, right? You know, right. to where not a lot of distractions. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and you have their attention. Yeah, you know, they're not worried about getting off of work because they yeah. know that they're there. Yeah, uh, workouts. You know, some guys do two a days. A lot of guys do two a days. So you're trying to facilitate. Hey, just make sure we're doing the right thing and and travel. You're, you're traveling a lot, yeah. which is exciting but also scary because you're you're in a you're in a war-torn country. Right, right. Like there's, there's stuff happening around you yeah. that, that you, you take for granted when you live in the United States. Right, right. Yeah, so what's your training look like then when you guys are going? Are you sending like, like a, we have our locker out there that deploys with a bunch of equipment. Are you get, are these guys taking equipment with them or? We are, again, that's a, a changing. The, the landscape has changing. Uh, before, I think, in the, the global war on terrorism, a lot of places like Bagram would have these full-scale weight rooms. Yeah. It, it was, there are many towns. Okay. Uh, now, since it's, it's, again, changing, we're sending equipment. We, we send a lot of equipment. We have, yeah. you know, the TRX lockers. Yeah. Uh, we, we load up connexes of equipment and, and send it with them. Okay. It's, it's not ideal, right. but you have to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, so how much different is your programming for that? than it is when you guys are there in, in it's a lot it, it struggles because at jblm we, we have the abundance you know we have bfr units we have just the cat's meow of, of, of this arsenal of right. tools to, to to keep them focused and interested and in a variety of training where a lot of times when they're deployed it's it's a barbell it's a a bench maybe a box and a, and a trx wow. so you have to be creative with your training uh uh, a lot of times they get bored with it, so progressions are easy to follow at that point. But it, it's it's tough to keep the excitement. Yeah, that's cool. It's good to know. It yeah, makes, it, you, it makes you think on your toes, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes you a better coach. I, I think to go to go back on a little bit is is what we gain from each position. Is I've uh, programming wise, I've become a better programmer. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can. I feel that that my my confidence in programming is pretty 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 awesome now as my abilities as being a an everyday coach that that suffers a little bit because you're, you're not doing it every single day sure. four or five times a day it's sure, sure. it's it's pretty rapid yeah i mean kind of like that's the kind of double-edged sword right the higher level the higher levels you go as a manager and a supervisor and a head coach and the less you may actually spend time coaching on the floor and that's what's scary as, as a coach and as as a you know farm raised kid you yeah. you want to you want to be boots on the ground you want right. to be and, and it's tough because sometimes a soldier doesn't see that, that the, what you're doing behind the scenes, uh, rules change. Yeah. And so a lot of times they're like, oh, they're not caring about us. I'm like, well, I care about you. It's, I'm now in a different role of, of trying to better this environment for you right. and for the future of the program yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I'm not on the floor, you know, four yeah. or five hours a day. Right. Um, you talked about kind of your path and maybe it's, you know, a little different than some other people's, but is is there would there be things if someone's listening to this they're like man that tactical stuff seems really cool they're seeing more obviously because it's coming more apparent is there a specific path that you would say you need to do this this and this to become to work in this socom world 
that's again, were you downstairs? It was a conversation <laughs> we had earlier today. It's, it's tough. I'm secretly tapping into the, uh, summit so I can find questions for this. Podcast. It, 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 <laughs> it's tough. Cause if, if you're a college strength coach or a professional strength coach, or just a, a general population strength coach, you can go volunteer at a local weight room, uh, college weight room and, and, and get experience and kind of know the lay of the land and, it's an intimidating environment if you're not used to it. So you need that experience when you walk into a strength conditioning center. It's, it's overwhelming, yeah. and you, you need to be comfortable in that setting. It's tough in the military setting because we don't have an internship program. Right. I, I can't pick up anybody across off a college program because yeah. security clearances come into play. Uh, a lot of factors come into it, and, and you're, you're, you're giving them access to America's premier warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you've got to be very careful. And you can't hurt them. Right. And so you, you have to have somebody who's experienced enough to be confident one in, in teaching yeah. and, and it's an intimidating environment. Uh, my advice for somebody who, who, who wants to do it is, is however you can, however you, you can think outside the box, but, but understand the military lifestyle, uh, understand what these guys and women go through every day and, and understand that, it's not a college setting. Uh, you, you can't go in there guns blazing, uh, demanding proper workouts. Cause again, you don't know what they've done for that day or how long they've been up or what they just came out of the field or what mission they just went on. So it's more of a consulting of like, Hey, tell me about it. It's that relationship building. Like, tell me about your day. What's going on. All right, let's try this. And it's, it's, it's that relationship building that I think that young coaches need to work on. Yeah. And I, I think if you want to intern or, or get into this, that's, that's huge. Wow. Cause it's, again, we talked about it. It's, it's an athlete, as much as you don't want to say this, they're selfish. Ultimately they're worried about their performance and how they're going to do it. A military soldier, they, their number one factor is their guy in their unit, the guy to the right and to the left and behind them. Like that's all they worry about. And, and, it's hard to, to get into that circle because that bond is something that if pro athletes and pro teams had, it'd be become invincible. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the secret to successful teams is, is that bond that they have. They understand the different personality types. Yeah. Um, they all respect each other and, and they all somehow figure out how to work with each other. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What, uh, so you, you know, you wanted to be a head strength coach. You, became a head strength coach, your head strength coach now, what's, what's next? Is, is there something, uh, that you want to do still in, in this career? Are you, are you very happy? You love the SOCOM world? Or are you, I, you know, I've learned to never say never in, in this lifetime because it usually ends up biting me. <laughs> right. or, or up, I, I never said I'd move to Cheney, Washington yeah. and, and let alone I spent over four and a half, five years of my yeah. life there. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, coach, coaching is good. I, I think there, there's a, a lifespan to coaching is, is I think generations changes, athletes change. And it's not that you're a bad coach. It's just sometimes your delivery methods have to either adapt or, or you're, you're put out to pasture. Yeah. So I think for me to, to be hundred percent honest, I, uh, I probably got five, maybe six years more of, of, of coaching, yeah. uh, maybe less, but you got to think of a global scale of, of how can I, take my coaching and now impact more of a greater, yeah. greater good. You know, yeah, if that's yeah. in the SOCOM, Absolutely. if that's in the, in the, the standard generalized army, cause you know, there, there's big changes coming and 
all hands need to be on deck. Yeah. And we, we all need to be rowing that boat and, and understanding what, what our roles are. Yeah. That's exciting though, too, to think, you know, that, that, and I, cause I just saw recently, you probably have known about it for a long time that the army is changing their physical readiness standards and the, like the testing they do. So like changes coming across the board, it's trickling down. They're probably going to be hiring tons more people to work with the quote unquote regular guys. Right. Yeah. It, it's but you know, again, to go back, if you're a young coach, yeah. I know SOCOM comes with that, that glory. Right. Um, but again, if you're a young coach, a soldier's a soldier. You you, yeah. you can make that yeah. soldier great. Yeah. And and that should be your attack and your approach to it. The, the army is going to have hundreds of jobs. Yeah. Uh, the strength coach industry is very exciting right now, and it will be for the next five years. Just yeah. in the tactical field, and I I think people have to understand that that coaching is coaching. Yeah. You know, uh, some yeah. of the best coaches in the world are not professional coaches. Right. They're high school right. coaches. Totally. And, they're, and yeah. quite honestly, they're t-ball coaches. Yeah. And, and I think as a young coach, you need to have that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great point. I've, I've said that a lot too. It's like when we talk about like the best coaches that we get some big names and really great speakers. And I've always said, you know, the best coaches we don't even know about because they're too busy coaching. Or like you said, they're coaching t-ball teams and they're, you know, just making kids super fired up about playing and enjoying the process of learning and that's why i laugh right now because i'm now i'm guilty of it because i'm doing a podcast which i never thought i'd ever do but <laughs> it uh you know i always brief like, hey your, your world's best coaches are the ones you don't see yeah. they're they're the guys in the weight rooms that aren't worried about the glamour aren't worried about instagram aren't worried right, about right. likes or followers that they're worried about their their athletes their unit and, and making them the best possible you know as, as they can be yeah Oh, this has been super cool, man. I've learned a lot, actually, uh, that I didn't know about the TSAC world. It's been great having you on the show. If people listened in and now they want to reach out to you, how can they uh, track you down? Another, you're full of these great questions. That, that's a good one. Um, you, you, I'll give you my email. I don't know if this is the wise thing to do, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's Carol JBC, so C-A-R-R-O-L-L, J as in Juliet, B as in Bravo, C as in Charlie. Uh, yahoo.com you can just send me a send me a note um and usually i'll, I'll try to get back to you I'm, I'm usually pretty good about it but i can't promise it overnight cool yeah we'll put that in the show notes and do you social media or anything like that no keep that pretty private or you don't really do uh, it I, yeah yeah i try to i try to lay low <laughs> yeah it's, it's that's uh, all right no that's it, good <laughs> it's, it's, it's the farm boy me i guess I, yeah. I i understand i see the importance of it and i struggle with it yeah. i think everybody does but yeah you know, I, I like, I like family time. I like, I like keeping it private. Cool. Well, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. This has been a great episode. We'll see you uh, tomorrow at the leader summit. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the NSCA coaching podcast. We truly appreciate your support and we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So keep on listening. If you enjoyed our episodes, please go write us a review at iTunes or Google play, wherever you download your episodes from. Also be sure to subscribe. So you get these delivered to you every other week, right on time. You don't want to miss the next one. Uh, also can, you can go to NSCA.com and check out the episodes there. If you prefer that and as well, check out our new website and everything that's going on. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.